Hey folks and welcome back to the Blue Light Podcast. This is the only place you need to be to learn all you need to know about police recruitment and once you're a serving police officer, all sorts of techniques and guidance to help your career become not just successful but absolutely fulfilling. So today I'm going to talk to you about the CVF. Yes, the Competency and Values Framework, everyone's favourite document complete with its wheel of confusion. And the reason why I want to talk about this again is because it's still causing so much confusion. And I want to try and clarify and clear up some of that confusion if I can. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is floorboard integrity versus Gucci public service. And that's going to make sense. Don't worry. Floorboard integrity versus Gucci public service. And then from there, I'm going to move into... Um, some things that you can start doing now to start preparing for any application forms or any interviews or boards that you might have, whether you are a potential recruit or you're a serving police officer, because people tend to leave their preparation until the last minute. Um, And from there, I'm going to move into something called the CVF trap. I'm going to help you make sure that you do not fall into the CVF trap, and it's one that so many of you fall into. All will become clear in this podcast. So first of all, floorboard integrity versus Gucci public service. Um, Last night I was doing some one-to-one coaching for individuals who are uh, preparing for their online assessment centre. Course number 18, big up to course number 18 of this year. Um, A great group, done some great work with them so far. And last night we were focusing on making sure that our interview answers for the online assessment centre are exactly what the assessors are looking for. And one of the examples one of the candidates gave was in respect of public service. And he gave an example of how him and his friends were waiting for a, a takeaway to be delivered. And across the road, across the road, there was, um, it looked like a young woman had been uh, victim of a robbery. She'd had a handbag taken off her and the offender ran off and she was screaming, help, help, help. And he, the individual who was answering the question talked about how he went over the road, uh, helped reassure her. Two of his friends went running off to try and find the offender. Uh, he called the police, called the ambulance service because she was a bit shaken up. And then the police and ambulance service came and he told them what he'd done so far. He called her parents on her behalf, and that was it. You know, two minutes and 48 seconds, that was it. And you've got five minutes to answer that question. And he didn't half beef it out as well. He beefed it out a lot. And you might be thinking, that's an awesome example of public service. Right, stand by, folks, because it might not be. It might not be. Next example was given by um, another client who was answering a question about integrity. And he talked about a scratch on a floorboard. Um, he was part of a team installing some floorboards, some laminate floorboards into someone's house. And there was a scratch on one of the floorboards. And he talked about how he dealt with that. Now, which one do you think is going to score best? Because remember, you're applying to join the police. And it's all about catching the bad guys and stuff like that. And doing the right thing and stepping up and giving 120% without being asked to do so. And putting yourself in danger, running towards danger and all of those sort of things. Which one do you think went down best? Which one do you think is going to score best? What, the the handbag being stolen? Uh-uh, no. Actually, the one that is going to score best is the scratch in the floorboard. Now, let me explain why. You need to have a bit of an understanding of what the values are and the behaviours within them. 
So if we take a look at the uh, value of public service, it talks about uh, understanding the needs of others to act in their best interests, uh, addressing the needs and concerns of others, tailoring your communication to be appropriate and respectful to your audience, taking into consideration how other people want to be treated when interacting with them, treating people respectfully regardless of the circumstances. Now, a lot of those things can only be demonstrated by working with other people on a problem, on an issue. And because a lot of it is about understanding the needs of others to act in their best interests, you're going to need to demonstrate how you've asked questions of others to find out what those best interests are, to find out what it is that they would like you to do to fix whatever it is that the issue is. And this is why I try and steer people away from the Gucci jobs. <laughs> I call it sort of, and it is Gucci, isn't it? It's a great job. I mean, a, a photograph was actually taken of the offender as he ran away by one of his friends, and I'm, I'm hoping the police actually caught the offender. Um, we didn't manage to find out from the client um, whether the police caught the offender, or actually he didn't know whether they caught the offender or not, but I hope they managed to get the bad guy. Um, that's the Gucci job, because it's one that, you know, you're really stepping forward, you're really stepping up to help someone else. However, it's not demonstrating the behaviours that the actual value is looking for. And this is where some understanding of the CVF is needed, but not such an in-depth understanding that you become basically someone who just repeats all the phrases from the competency and values framework, hoping that that is going to get you through, because it isn't. And so I think one of the best examples you can come up with for public service, and bear in mind that a lot of you haven't actually demonstrated public service, but you've demonstrated excellent service to others or excellent customer service. And that's how the question will be framed. Can you tell me about a time when you've delivered excellent service to another person or persons? And I think one of the best examples you can come up with is when something's gone wrong. How you deal with something when it goes wrong in an organisation is, for me, often the best demonstrator of how capable you are of delivering a high level of service not not about the things that you're doing on a daily basis, but what are you doing uh, when things go wrong? And we had this with someone I did some one-to-one -one coaching with yesterday, and we came up with an, a brilliant, brilliant example of where in his organisation something had gone wrong. He was a carer, and um, one of his fellow care workers hadn't quite done their job properly, and the daughter of the woman who was being cared for was really, really upset. And he talked about all the different open questions he used to find out why she was upset and what she was hoping to achieve, what, what the end result would look like, you know, if, if her sort of complaint actually went anywhere. It wasn't really a complaint, it's like a representation. And he, he tried to put himself in the shoes of, of her as well and talked about what it might feel like if... Um, that he was going through everything that she was going through and it developed into a really really good answer because it had lots of communicating with other people communicating with the person who was making the complaint communicating with his manager to try and find a solution uh, going back to the person who was making the complaint presenting a few different options to them and the pros and cons of each one of those options and allowing them to choose which one of those options is going to serve their needs best and then checking in with them day after to make sure that everything was okay that was delivering excellent service and if you look at the behaviors within public service it just about ticks all the boxes now, we're not desperately into ticking all the boxes, but it's something you've got to be cognizant of if you want to succeed. You've got to actually know what that behaviour 
or the competency or the value is looking for. So that's the public service one. Floorboard integrity then. You might be struggling thinking, what's that one all about? Surely if you're asked a question, can you tell me about a time when you've done the right thing, even when doing nothing or something else would have been the easier option? Then we're looking for when you've challenged sexist behaviour or challenged racist behaviour. No, it doesn't have to be so. The individual gave a brilliant answer because he talked about how he was part of a team that was laying floorboards in someone's house and at the end of the job there was a scratch in one of the floorboards and no one was owning up to it no one was owning up to actually creating that scratch in the floorboard and the floorboard the scratch in the floorboard wasn't there before it was fitted it happened as a result of someone dragging some tools across the floor or, or doing something that they shouldn't have done not intentionally but they just did something that caused the scratch and they didn't fess up to it and so this was a really good example because he talked about the reputation of the organisation um, and how they could have just, you know, put the, put the rug over it and forgotten about it and just left it because there was actually a rug in the place where the scratch was. Um, how he challenged the colleagues, how he went to the management about it as well, um, how he declared the sort of conflict of interest to the person who was owned the house, who was actually commissioning the work, uh, was respectful of the authority and influence that he was given because he knew that he could either come down really hard on his colleagues or he could actually just talk to them about actually you know the impact of this on the customer could be and he used resources effectively and efficiently by making sure that the 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 job was repaired that the piece of floorboard was replaced it was about half a day's work uh, something else went pear-shaped along the way uh, but he got the job done and he managed to change the culture within the team in terms of making sure that if they make a mistake they own up to it and that was a great example of integrity everything he talked about ticked all the boxes and it was just from a scratch on a floorboard so there you go, folks. There's floorboard integrity. We don't have to come up with Gucci jobs. It doesn't have to be, for your interview answers, something where you've changed the world, where you're going to get tea and medals the next day. It doesn't have to be those Gucci jobs. So hopefully that's helped you um, a little bit in terms of helping you to understand what they're looking for when they actually ask you these questions. They're not looking for... Um, you know, times when you've, like I said, changed the world in some way, in some massive way, where you deserve an MBE for what you've done. Although if you have done something awesome like that, maybe talk about it, but make sure that it is actually hitting the behaviours that they are looking for. Right, so where else did it, what else did I say we're going to talk about? Um, oh yeah, sources, sources of information. Um, so, sources of evidence for your behaviours. One of the things we talked about last night is how uh, what the clients were saying was, I wish we could turn the clock back a year. Because if I knew that I was going to have to answer questions like this a year ago, I would have started finding opportunities to put myself in situations where I'd have to demonstrate these behaviours. And then I could make a record of them in a diary. And then when it comes to the application form and the interview, it's really easy. Because what all of them, all of them in the group said is that they're finding it difficult to look back in time and find examples of when they've done certain things and demonstrated certain behaviours so that they can be well prepared for the interview. 
Now, if they could have wound the clock back, they would have been, and they understood exactly what the competencies and the values were looking for, then they could have been actively finding opportunities to present themselves into those sort of situations and then making a record in their diary of how they dealt with those situations so that when it comes to the interview, they've got loads of really good detailed evidence and they're not looking back, scratching their heads, thinking, so what was it actually said? So let's take a look at some of the sources of information that we might want to, or evidence that we might want to present ourselves with. Uh, First of all, uh, being emotionally aware. So being emotionally aware covers a lot of different things. This is one of the competencies in the CVF, uh, but one of them is diversity. So try to understand um, the impact of diversity on the organisation that you work for, or on your college, or university, or wherever it might be. And try to put yourself in situations where you need to understand people who are finding it difficult to express themselves for whatever reason. Now, that doesn't have to be a language block. It could be anything. It could be that they're deeply emotionally upset about something and are finding it very, very difficult to express their thoughts. And how did you go about understanding what they were going through? Uh, We take ownership. So put yourself in situations where you identify and respond to problems and you help others you help others to solve problems within the organisation that you belong to. And that doesn't need necessarily to be a workplace. It could be voluntarily, voluntarily a volunteer organisation or it could be a sporting organisation or it could be your college or university or school. So it doesn't have to be you being a leader within an organisation. Because some of you might be thinking, actually, I'm only 17, I'm only 18, I've not had that opportunity yet. Well, find opportunities to get involved in problems, approach other people and say, I think I've identified a problem with, do you mind if I take responsibility for trying to address it? Push yourself, give, you know, put yourself in a position where you have to give 120% without being asked to do so. And remember, it doesn't have to be something that changes the world, just something that demonstrates the behaviours demonstrates that you're capable of working with other people and taking ownership for resolving a problem. And when it comes to helping others, use the concept that I call the emotional bank account. This is where you approach other people who you work with and find out what they're struggling with and see what you can do to support them and help them with the thing that they're struggling with before they need to ask. So what you're doing is you're investing in the emotional bank account because you're in credit with them, because you helped them with something before they even needed to ask. You might have spotted someone struggling with something and you were the person that went over to ask them what you can do to help support them before they needed to ask. So that when it comes time for you to seek some help from another person, that person who you helped before, you're already in credit in their emotional bank account. So they are more likely than not to give you the help that you're looking for in the future. And it ticks the box for the actual competency that you're being assessed against. Does that make sense? Um, Let's have a look at another example. We are collaborative. So this is about working cooperatively with others to get things done. It doesn't mean to say that you've got to be taking the lead. It just means that you're describing your part that you played as a member of a team in trying to achieve something, a task or resolve a problem or whatever it might be. You're you're aiming and striving to do something, to achieve something, to solve a problem. And you're describing how you worked collaboratively with other team members. And this is where you've got to be really, really careful not to use the word we. 
Because if you're talking about the team, I guarantee that what people normally do is they talk about the team that they're in. Now, we don't want to be talking about the, the, the team. We don't want to be saying what we did. What we want to be saying is what I did as part of the team. What I did as part of the team. So hopefully that's helpful there. It's giving you an idea of what some of the competencies are looking for. Not got time on this webinar. To, uh, sorry, not this webinar, this uh, podcast to go into any more of them in too much detail. But if you want to find out more, then check the links in the blurb attached to this podcast where there's a link to the Facebook group for people who are serving police officers. And there's a Facebook group for those people who are aspiring to be police officers. And uh, please forgive the background noise. My little doggy, her name's Summer, it would appear as though she's protecting the house again. I don't know if you can hear her barking in the background. Whenever anyone comes too close to the house, she always barks at them. And the thing is, when they go, so it might be the postie, when they go, she thinks I've succeeded. I need to bark more next time. We can't get her out of it. I don't know. If anyone's got any suggestions, how do you stop a dog barking at every person that comes near the house? Please do let me know. All right, last thing to talk about. It's still We're still on the subject of the CVF. I'm going to talk about the CVF trap, the CVF trap. And this is something that came out of a session around this week for serving police officers. Serving police officers are preparing for specialist interviews and their promotion boards. And one of the things that we looked at was the a question that crops up not just in the recruitment, but also at specialist interviews, on promotion boards. It's pretty much a, a question that you can guarantee you're going to get. And it's one about making difficult decisions. So it may not be worded as, uh, tell me about a time when you've had to make a difficult decision. It, it might be worded like that at recruit level. But when you start getting to sergeant and inspector, it might get worded, can you tell me about a time when you've had to use multiple sources of information in order to make a difficult decision and then when and then when you've had to go and account for that decision to others so i'll repeat that back again can you tell me about a time when you've had to use multiple sources of information in order to make a difficult decision and then you've had to account for that decision to others and so the question i posed to the individuals in the group was which competencies and values is this question from because there's almost an obsession with trying to work out right well that question i've just been asked which competency is it for so what do i need to make sure i say in my answer which value is it from so what do i need to make sure i say in my answer so it's a bit of an obsession really that i've found more with serving police officers because they feel as though they're under pressure to tick all the boxes in that individual competency or that individual individual value now, we came up with all sorts of um, options. Some said transparency, some said analyse critically, some said we are collaborative. Why transparency? Because in transparency, it talks about being accountable for your decisions. Um, in analyse critically, it talks about using multiple sources of information to make decisions. And being collaborative, it, you'd need to be collaborative with others in order to secure information from other people, from or, other organisations. And so, in fact, that one question crosses at least three competencies and values. If I dug into some of the others, I'll probably find some other behaviours within other values and competencies that are covered by that one question. So there's at least three. So which value or competency are being assessed against? Maybe all three, or maybe just one of them. Or maybe you're just being assessed against your ability to deliver a structured and detailed answer that's authentic, 
where you talk about how you felt, where you talked about your concerns, you talked about your worries, you talked about the impact on others, you talked about the impact on you, you talked about how you went about doing all of those things that you've just been asked about, and you eventually talk about some of the mistakes that were made, some of the things that you could do better next time, and why this particular behaviour, this particular aspect of decision making is so important for the role that you're going into or the rank that you're going into and after a while we batted all of this around and the group actually came to the conclusion that actually this is what we need to be doing less focus on the cvf and which competency or value is this coming from and more focus on just answering the question and answering it well now, I've spoken to quite a few senior officers who do these interviews, and I'm not going to mention names, I'm not going to mention which forces they're from, but quite frankly, they don't understand the CVF. They understand it just as much as you do. And because they understand it just as much as you do, they're not actually really assessing you against the, the behaviours in the CVF. OK, they've got a marking guide, and they'll try and stick to that marking guide. But if I'm frank, and if they're frank as well, and they were with me, what they said is that, actually, I don't really understand the CVF. I'm just looking for someone who's going to be an awesome sergeant. I'm just looking for someone who's going to be an awesome inspector. They didn't use that word awesome. That's one of my favourite words. But, you know, their own way of describing what they're looking for in the perfect inspector or sergeant or someone who's joined a road policing unit or going to be an FLO. And it's quite subjective. And some of you might be thinking, well, that's so unfair. Surely it needs to be really, really uh, precise and that you're assessed against really clear criteria and that everyone's been on long courses to become assessors and, it, and they've all been assessed as assessors. No, none of that happens. None of that happens. I spoke to a sergeant the other day who said that he just did an hour-long course. That was it. One hour. And then he becomes a force assessor to assess people from constable to sergeant. That's it. I remember the workshop I had was just two hours long. Two hours long, and then I became an assessor for conducting interviews in Greater Manchester Police. So, one of the things that we I really want to get over to you folks, and this is something that so many of you are learning, who I'm working with at this moment in time, is that the trick to success in your interview is not trying to focus on one silo, one value or competency, and starting to repeat the phrases from within it. Just answer the question and if you don't then you've fallen into the cvf trap and i want to make sure that you avoid that cvf trap i want to make sure you avoid it so i'm probably going to mention this again and again and again and again please forgive me if i um please forgive me for mentioning this over and over again but i'm going to keep mentioning it as long as it keeps being an issue for those people who i'm working with because if it's an issue for them i'm quite sure it's an issue for you as well so if you'd like to find out more about how you can get involved in some of these workshops and one-to-ones and such like then, like I said, check the links to the Facebook groups, one for serving officers and one for those people who are looking to join the police. Um, and if you can't see those links for whatever reason and you're thinking, actually, I'm on a train and I've got my headphones on, then you're just going to Facebook and go to Facebook groups. And for potential recruits, you're looking for blue light police recruitment. And if you were a serving officer, you're just looking for blue light and uh, cadre, just put in cadre, blue light cadre, and it'll bring up the Enforce Development Group. I look forward to welcoming you into those groups. Please do answer the questions that are posed when you try to join the group, because if you don't, you might find your um, application to join the group being declined. 
been declined because I'm very cautious about who I let into the groups. Hopefully you found this interesting today and I look forward to speaking to you next time. If you've got any ideas about future podcasts or any questions, please do let me know and I'll catch you with you next week. Bye-bye for now. Thank you.